You said you'd come. Now let's hope you're not too late. Suicide Squad cast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. That's right. We are all big fans of what DC Comics is doing on the big and the small screens, and we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us tonight, and let's get started. My name is Scott. And I am Tim, and we are the Suicide Squad cast. So Scott, how was your how was your vacation? I mean, you, I don't know if it's a vacation, but you... <laughs> There's the vac- it's not a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, uh, the 4th of July, we'll say. Oh, yes, exactly. Well, it's one of those vacations that uh, you're going to see family out of town, so it's not really really a vacation yeah. you know what i mean right yeah so it, it involved a seven and a half hour drive to three days there a seven and a half hour drive back uh you sound pretty rusted up <laughs> well i now yeah, well, or is I, it just coffee <laughs> that there is that yeah um and then of course adding on today you know dealing with you know the other car having some issues and uh. then i um so i saw chris's video on patreon about the walmart hundred page giants yes and i was like i'm finally home i'm gonna go look for those all right give me a give me give me a good outcome here I, there is there is uh, i'll i'll, I'll t- tell me something good okay <laughs> Uh, first Walmart, there was a Jack Squat. Yeah, there was nothing. Did you have trouble finding it? Uh, no, don't don't short. Well, Chris described it. Okay, no. Even with Chris's information, let me tell you what I went through. At the first Walmart, there was Jack. There was nothing. There was there wasn't a cardboard stand. There was nothing at the first Walmart. Okay, so I go to the. So then I literally drive for for not this reason for other reasons. But while I was there, going thirty minutes away, I went to a second Walmart where I. Found a stanchion for like they they had like old like old like year old rebirth titles like package three to an issue those showcase ones yes well no, the, there was the show there was a showcase and then these are like actual issues like shrink wrapped together right three in a pack uh, or something three in a pack yes I saw that at the second Walmart but still nothing with the hundred page giants uh. I then on my way back home there happened to be a third Walmart in between <laughs> yes I go to the third Walmart. I finally see what the freaking cardboard thing looks like. <laughs> and it's in the exact same aisle up at the front that Chris said it was. Yes. And they only had two copies of the JLA uh, 100 page giant and nothing else. Nothing else. Oh, that's too bad. So I went through all of that. and th- But a listener and a fellow podcaster who will go unnamed because he knows who he is went to his Walmart uh, this, this afternoon after he saw my tweet and he picked up the Batman and the Superman one for me okay so you're missing you're missing uh the teen titans teen right? Titans. okay yes so if if anyone out there <laughs> is at their walmart and they have a teen titans i would be more than happy to 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 work out something <laughs> to be able because i'm sorry i went on ebay to check these out and it's like seriously people i mean the, these things are 4.99 there is there are 100 pages but only like 13 pages of them is a new story yes the rest of it is literally reprints of old stories or old issues I am not paying double or more 
<laughs> for 13 freaking pages. This is so, you know, like the, I'll talk about just like the JLA one. I mean, literally in that there's a brand new story. There's a reprint of Justice League number one from the New 52, a reprint of Flash number one from the New 52. So we're talking about books that come out in 2011. Yeah. And then I forget what the last story in the JLA book was. But but basically, you get it like four or five stories, only one of them's new, and the rest of them are like reprints of some stuff that's at least, you know, seven years old. It's like, <laughs> why do people think that I want to go on eBay and play <laughs> twice as much or more for this thing? It, it doesn't matter, Scott. Someone's going to pay for it. No, someone was paying for it. Yes. I was watching it happen that's the name on of the eBay. Game. Yeah. But, okay, so... Here's where my thoughts come down on this, because I I have thoughts. Okay. (laughs) When this was announced, I was all for it, because I thought, this is great. I mean, this is a great way to get the more casual person interested in comics, because let's be honest, when I found comic books, I discovered comic books through my grocery store, my Walmart, and what at the time was like an Eckerd's Drugs. You know, it was was the pharmacy, uh, the, the grocery store, and Walmart. That's where I bought my comics before I ever knew about that there were entire stores dedicated to this. You know, this is where I found comic books as a kid. So I thought this was a great way of, like, introducing people to the canon. I still would think it would be that way if it wasn't for the fact that apparently these things are, like, quote, sold, and I'm not sure if that's just eBay BS, but these things are selling out and that it's stuck in this random aisle that I always refer to as the junk aisle at Walmart. It's like, this is this is not the intention that I thought that these books were existing for. Yeah. And so now where originally I was like a champion for these things, I'm like if you're going to make them this hard to, and I don't, I mean, not just hard to find in the store, but then also this limited of quantity, um, then I don't see what the point is. Well, and that's just the thing too. I was kind of thinking about that myself because like where they had this is in that, and I don't generally shop at Walmart because it's just, it's just not even close you know it's way out of the way for me uh but yeah it's in this like strange miscellaneous aisle just the way chris rimmer had described it it's kind of like off to the you know to the left of the registers as you're approaching them at least that's the way it was for me and it's just this one small little cardboard display and it's and it only takes up one shelf and and it has enough to fit like four spots of books and um and so it's it's in the quantity it just seems like it had to have been pretty limited so like if if it's all the collectors like us that would go and pick up these things, then they're never going to get in the hands of like we'll say the general audience type of readers. Right. So, so I don't know what point it's serving either. <laughs> so I, I agree with because you because I'm not even sure if these stories are continuity or not. Like the the new stories. Yeah, I don't think they are. I don't think they are. Yeah. They don't look continuity. You know, they're, they're being written by legit DC writers. Like this Wonder Woman story was written by Tim Seeley, and Chris said that the Teen Titans story was written by Dan Jurgens. So it's like it's legit writers, but it's like, are you really? just playing this off to create another collector market instead of being a hey let's give like I thought this was going to be more in line like the Archie digests that you pick up that's like here's a whole bunch of old stuff that's kind of cool but you know you know I you know the fact that I'm I'm spending five dollars on a hundred pages rather than spending you know four dollars on what 30 pages yeah you know I'm now questioning the motivation behind it because it is such limited quantity and so hard to find. It's not what I thought it was going to be, and that kind of upsets me. <laughs> 
and, and I, but I still, but still, if anyone happens to find Teen Titans, I'll be more than happy <laughs> to give you an address which you can send it to. Well, so that's the thing too, because like I don't, I, I question, you know, was was the intent right? But did it, you know, however, like Walmart's displaying these things, really not be what the intent was because it's it's in such a small place. I was expecting these things to kind of be at the register, you know, you know, you get all the little or in the mag or in the or magazine, magazine book area. aisle. Yeah, yeah. This isn't a, a place that you just wouldn't think to go look for comic books, honestly, because I, I had no idea where to look. It's not the aisle I ever go down. No. Like, I do shop at Walmart regularly. I never go down this aisle because, like I said, it's it's where the magic cards are yeah. and just, like, literally, it was, like, magic cards, um, protective sleeves, and Pez dispensers. Yeah, 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 same thing. So, so yeah, I mean, if it's just going to be collectors that are picking these things up, then I'd say mission not accomplished. <laughs> so Right, for them to be, for them to be sold, for them just to be marked up and sold on, you know, eBay later. Right. Now, I will say this. If they would just, you know, take this, uh, you know, whatever they're trying to develop here, I think the the output of it is really kind of cool because it is a new story and it seems like, you know, they're they're packing in like three other, you know, reprint stories behind it. And if, you know, I think if you get like six issues, you'll get the whole arc. And I think that is actually kind of cool because if, you know, if you had these, you can give them to a kid, you know, these are like, these are, you know, pretty memorable stories. Like, I think that part will play out well, but the fact that it's going to be hard to get each issue, you know, there's going to be a bunch of kids if they even get their hands on these things that are never going to get a complete arc. So right. from that standpoint, I'm like, uh, I don't know how well this is going to work, honestly. No. And, and and then, of course, as a collector, I'm sitting here going, seriously, we're, we're paying $5 for 13 pages and a whole bunch of other stuff that, let's be honest, most of us already own, yeah. either in single issues or we already own the trades. So right. like as a collector, why? And I've seen several people suggest, and I kind of agree, like, well, how long is it going to take till these things just get released like digital like the like the little 13 page news story gets released digitally because yeah. at this point it's like this is not something that i have to have the book i, I really just want to read the story like yeah. this is like the perfect this is like the perfect argument for digital comics where it's like i just want the story well <laughs> scott you're still a physical comic uh, collector i'm not anymore i've gone digital and so this was the first time in a while that i've like purchased an actual physical book and my whole intent on this was just to to buy them so i can give them to the kids and I think it's going to work out great, like for them. Like I could see them really kind of enjoying these things. I, I haven't given them to them yet. But you found all. Four, you were able to find all four, weren't yeah. you? And there were there were actually two more copies of each one at the one I went to. So there see, were there were exactly three copies of each one when I got there. But that was that was a that was a uh, a Walmart store close to where I work, which I never go to. But I went you know strictly just to see if I could find these, and and luckily they're there. But yeah, yeah. So uh, like um and so yeah, you being a physical comic collector, um I'm actually going to give these to kids and they're going to get ripped to shreds probably so which is fine because that's what i thought that these were supposed to be yeah and that's what that's why i got them i want to just give them to my kids and let them have fun with it so right we'll see yeah all right okay are you are you done are you done complaining because like i get the reputation of being the one that complains but like I, this is like, like a good solid 10 minutes of you complaining hey if you get one 10 minutes of me complaining in a year <laughs> compared to you week after week after i feel like i've built some credit oh, stop that yourself. i get to spend Shut it down. Shut it down. No, no, not at all. <laughs> no. Hey, hey, I had enough people. I had enough people. I did. I had an open letter on Twitter to Walmart <laughs> today that got like liked and retweeted multiple times, including Brent, by the way. Oh. I saw you, Brent, and Fans Without Borders retweeted my open letter. So I have people who have my back, Tim. It, people have my back. Is it an open letter if it's 280 characters? It is a very concise letter. Okay. It's a very concise letter. Very good. Okay. <laughs> I, I just didn't realize we were calling tweets letters 
now, but that's that's fine. If you write it in the <laughs> format with an introduction, a body, and a and a salutation, it 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 equals the it equals the definition of a letter. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> All right, let's 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 get on with some news here. <laughs> oh well, hold on, wait, back the truck up. We have a network. Okay, we have a network. Make it quick, with, for God's sakes, make it quick. You could do it, but you know you just want to ignore the other hosts on the show. <laughs> I at least care. Uh, like people like Brent and Ray. We've actually mentioned all the other hosts pretty much for the most part already, but go ahead. Half of the other hosts. Seriously, you are a Ray and Jordan got a little short change, but they've just been mentioned, so we're good. <laughs> Fans of the Borders, DC TV Squadcast with Brent and Ray, and then DC Comic Squadcast with Chris and Jordan, and as we've already kind of mentioned, patreon.com slash Squadcast Media. Thank you everyone who has supported us so far. One of them is about to make a uh, a, a world premiere on the network, and that's going to be fun in yep. a couple of weeks. Yeah, and I did a trial one run with that on you know Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, Thursday, yes. And so, if you want to find out what that's all about, then we'd like you to come support us. Five dollars a month gets you access to an uh, exclusive RSS feed. And now, now that we have taken care of it, Tim, we may go on with the news. So go on, Tim, <laughs> do your news. Okay, not a lot of news this week, but there is like uh, little bits and pieces. We're going to give you at least whatever we have here. Remember, Aquaman's coming out Give here. Give me something good. Um, the singing squad cast <laughs> is recording tomorrow, Scott. No, it, it's right here. It's <laughs> just the way you want it, just the way you need it. Okay, I'm going to just start talking, guys, so that I can just shut Scott <laughs> I'm up. waiting for you. I'm waiting. <laughs> Aquaman, coming out in December of this year. So we got some news that they're actually going to be showing up on Conan, the cast of Aquaman. Now, we don't know exactly what cast is going to be. That hasn't been announced yet, but the way this thing kind of works, and Conan and O'Brien's been doing this for like four years now. Yeah, I remember when he did it with Suicide Squad yeah. back in uh, 2016. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, so Conan O'Brien and his show Conan, uh, during a week of Comic-Con, I think he actually goes there. I haven't watched all the shows, but I, I, I see the shows where at least has the um, the cast on that I care about. He actually goes to Comic-Con, and he's going to be bringing in different guests. Like, for example, like they're going to be bringing in um, the cast of uh, Breaking Bad. It's because it's like the 10-year anniversary. <sighs> I oh, gotta Oh my gosh! Yes, love that show. Yeah, this is not the Breaking Bad squad cast, but like the you know they're reaching the ten year anniversary of the debut of that show, which is tell me my GD name. <laughs> That's right. If you've never seen Breaking Bad, uh, I would just tell watch you, go it watch now. it. Go watch it. It is it is phenomenal. But it's like the ten year anniversary of the premiere of it, and it's almost like the five year anniversary of the finale, which is just like if you want to talk about series that end right, that thing not <sighs> only ended right, ended epically. <laughs> it ended the way a show. Should, should end, end. anyway. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, so they're going to be there earlier in the week, and at the very end of the week, uh, which is actually going to be on Sunday, Conan is going to have the cast of Aquaman, and so we don't know if it's going to be Jason Momoa, Amber Heard, Nicole Kidman. You know, we don't know if James Wan is going to be there, but we know there a certain number of them are going to show up. So you got that to look forward to. Oh boy. Um, I, and of course, usually what ends up happening is that I can't watch this, so I just end up like seeing whatever clips they put on the internet. Yeah. So, uh, well, then moving on to Shazam, um, Jack. Dylan Grazer, apparently, um, his agent did his job. <laughs> apparently, yeah. Uh, so, of course, he was in uh, It, and he will be Freddie Freeman and Shazam. And according to TMZ, the details of his contract have emerged, which apparently says that he is going to bank at least $150,000 for his role as Freddie Freeman in Shazam. 
he can make up to $200,000 more in box office bonuses and get a cut of the movie's merchandise cash. Hmm. And then he can be paid more than double up to 400000 with 300000 in bonuses if there is a Shazam sequel, and his salary will double for every additional installment of the franchise after that. Dang. That's pretty nice. That's a sweet deal. Yeah, and you know, this is kind of interesting. And usually when you hear about salaries of, you know, of like movie stars and all that, it's usually like the real big names. And, you know, of course, you know, Jack Dylan Grazer's, is he like 16 at this time? I mean, when he filmed like It, he was 14, I think. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And so, I mean, he's, so he's just, you know, he hasn't been in a whole lot at this point. And it's, it's, it's really interesting to see somebody who's, you know, clearly going to be um, a supporting character in this film, like just to see how much they make as well. So it's kind kind of cool to kind of get this little bit of insight because you normally we don't we don't hear of this kind of stuff oh well and, and also when he talks about getting a cut of the merchandise cash and all that it just reminds me of jack nicholson on batman 89 like how he yeah he took a he took a smaller salary but there was like no but I want, I want a piece of that licensing yeah and to this day he still gets it i believe right he's still oh yeah. no he's still making bank yeah, on batman still 89. making bank so this is gonna be kind of cool because i mean if you talk about like uh, merchandise and opportunities you know shazam will be very kid friendly yes with kit with kid characters who are going to make excellent action figures yeah yeah so that's that's very cool so good for him you know get as much as you can man it sounds like he's doing it and and, and his agent is getting a nice percentage off of that deal <laughs> i am most certain of that yeah i'm sure i'm sure of that as well uh wonder woman 1984 little bit of news here you guys are aware of the saturn awards uh this is something that's kind of started in like 1973 uh, originally it was called like the golden scroll but the whole point of the saturn awards was uh, basically the academy of science fiction fantasy and horror films they uh they basically wanted to, and I'm not even sure it was uh, an, an association or an academy at the time, but they basically wanted to bring a little bit more attention to sci-fi films at the time because, you know, Hollywood was... Or just basically genre, or just genre-type films in general. Genre-type, like, yeah. Yeah, because it's it's the Oscars for genre movies. Like, right. the movies the movies that the Oscars tend to snub, it's like, you win a Saturn. Yeah. It's, it's like the Hugo, like the Hugo Award is usually like like the Pulitzer of science fiction, the Saturn is like the Oscars of science fiction and fantasy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still it's a it's a relatively minor award, uh, honestly, because it's uh, in in fact, uh, I'll, I'll tell you how minor it was. Uh, Gal Gadot actually won uh, for uh, best actress. Uh, she won a Saturn award, but she did not show up for the you know to receive the award. <laughs> well, she is filming a movie at this time. Yes, yes. Just that saying. Is true. Yeah, but you you feel like you know she maybe could have like flown out for one night if it was if it was really that. Uh, significant, but but it's not, but it's not exactly, it's, but it doesn't get televised or anything. Yeah, so right. It, no, but you're right, completely understandable. Yeah, but the Saturn Awards means it's like maybe to other people, like winning a Hugo Award doesn't mean anything. But you know, to someone who reads science fiction novels, I see a thing was won the Hugo, and I go, Bing. Yeah, you know, okay, I want to read that. Yeah, so, so. that's cool. Uh, so Gall actually responded uh, to you know the the posting about the award. She says, you know, thank you so much. What an honor! It was such an amazing category. Uh, it's such an amazing category of women i wish i could have been there with you and hashtag grateful so um okay now so i saw this today and it's been making today being friday frida cooper from flickering myth had an interview with margot robbie because her film terminal is being released in the uk this weekend and they were discussing the, the uk release of terminal and in it uh what was summarized in the article because the interview itself 
was not published on the website was that Margot Robbie pinpointed January as a start date for Birds of Prey and described the film as, quote, different from the other DC titles featuring Harley Quinn. Not only will it be R-rated, but it will be made with, quote, much smaller budget. So, once again, the things that I said in quotes are the only quotations in the (laughs) article because the article itself, while saying it was an exclusive interview, did not actually contain the said interview. Yeah. Well, and that actually kind of correlates with a previous report uh, that actually came out of Heroic Hollywood. I can't remember when this article was like, I think in mid-May, where it was saying that Birds of Prey was like eyeing a January 2019 production start date. And that was the same one where they said they were looking to hire an all-female crew. And uh, so, yeah, so that that kind of, uh, that matches up with something that was reported previously. All right. Yeah. But it doubles down on the intention for this movie to be R-rated. Right, it does. Um, But I also like the idea of it being a smaller budget because that's something we've complained about is how the budgets have been a little too... Yeah. Well, and then not only that, I, I, you know, we've said this before, when, when there's a smaller budget, I think the studio is going to be less apt. More hands off. Yeah. Less apt to uh, get involved and make some big decisions. So uh, I I think that's all. (laughs) Yeah. I think we can all agree. It's probably better (laughs) for Warner Brothers at this point. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's not like a Birds of Prey movie has to be a big budget. No, it really doesn't. No. Um, And then also uh, going back to Omega Underground, who, of course, who usually whenever we bring up the name it's always about shooting locations yeah <laughs> and uh the word is that the okay once okay let's let's get the let's get our air quotes out you ready you ready yes. tim got okay. it air quotes okay the studio is possibly eyeing locations for the film which will include atlanta this atlanta i love it how they said atlanta slash savannah those are two completely different places in the state of georgia by the yeah. <laughs> way as a southerner uh almost two completely opposite ends of the state yes so let's not say atlanta slash savannah <laughs> it's either atlanta or it's savannah they could have just Georgia. said Georgia at that point. I know. They could have just said Georgia and uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just I'm still I just I was reading that going, wait a minute. Those two are so geographically opposed <laughs> to each other. Yeah. I mean, these are obviously like the Atlanta area is, is uh, you know, a lot of things are kind of filming down there nowadays. So oh, it's the Walking it's, Dead, Mar- Marvel Studios. Right. I mean, so there's yeah. there's obviously a lot of like, well, so-called infrastructure in place uh, to do some of the stuff. Oh, yeah. And talent. And talent. So, yeah, yeah it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, my southerner heart just like, what? <laughs> Somebody did not look at a map. Uh, written by somebody in the north, obviously. <laughs> or probably California. Yes. I no idea. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, talk to me about this Nightwing thing, because this 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 made the rounds. Yeah. Well, we had talked about this previously. Uh, this all kind of, like, made the rounds originally back in, I think this was early June. Louis Tan had posted on Twitter uh, a picture of him standing in front of the, the DC Entertainment logo and holding a bunch of Batman books. And he said, great meeting. Uh, my father started in this business with Tim Burton's Batman film. And it's, he says, soon we'll be full circle. And hashtag DC. And then he said, at DC Universe. So that was when we had reported on this before. We were kind of questioning, like, hey, does this mean he's doing something with the streaming service? Or would this be something with the film? So it just wasn't clear. But the fact that he had uh, added the DC Universe implied that it was going to be part of the streaming service. So we, we kind of relegated it to that at that point. And then, you know, and even earlier than that, Louis Tan kind of got on the radar back in, well, this was actually, yeah, about a year earlier, end of June of 2017. um, There was 
a a nice kind of like little fan cast picture of him dressed up as Nightwing uh, that was kind of making rounds and he actually promoted it out. So he tweeted it out the picture and he said hashtag fan cast and hashtag Nightwing hashtag Lewis Tan. So he was kind of self promoting himself for that role as well. And yeah. just in case you don't know, no, where do we know this guy from? I mean, he was in Deadpool too. <laughs> he was in Deadpool too as, as uh, Shatterstar. As Shatterstar. And, yep. and he was a drunken master in <laughs> uh, Iron Fist on Netflix, which is apparently where he caused quite a buzz slash stir slash controversy in that. So what, what 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 was the controversy part? Oh, uh, are you legitimately asking me? Or I am. Do, like, do you not actually? Okay. okay. Uh, the, the stir was um, apparently he tried out for Danny Rand and then didn't get the role. Uh, was drunken master, was a drunken master in Iron Fist, but then through incredible shade at the production, um, saying that it basically thro- throwing the, throwing racism around, saying how he didn't get cast for Danny Rand, and then how, um, help me out here, who's the guy who actually did uh, Finn, um, Finn <laughs> whoever the guy was that actually got cast as Danny Rand in, in Iron Fist, Finn Jones, is that his name? I don't, I don't know. Don't know. Um, he he kind of crapped on him for not uh, doing his own fight choreography in Iron Fist, but then it was later revealed that he did that that the Finn guy did as much as he could because he was being like it was like really sh- uh, truncated production schedule, and then it was revealed that if you like slow paused even uh, Lewis Tan's parts in Iron Fist, he wasn't doing his own fight choreography either. Uh, okay. So there was <laughs> so there was like he caused a whole big a whole big stir and then some people kind of pointed out mm, watch yourself <laughs> and so that was the big controversy of like when this whole stuff was happening with Lewis Tan that is where all of the uh, negative reaction to Finn Jones I was right okay just double checking that um, <laughs> that's where the negative reaction to the idea of him being associated with Nightwing or DC was like people were remembering what happened around Iron Fist and they were like keep your drama to yourself right okay well so, okay there so, you go you got the download on the you got the download skinny on the I don't know the Hollywood gossip that there's your there's your gossip there's your TMZ for the day there we go thank you thank you Scott uh, so <laughs> just to give you a little update so this is this is why uh, he's kind of in the news this week now uh, on the on that hashtag show and usually when we talk about that hashtag show we we usually just back up the truck of you know grain of salt kind of thing because when it comes to the gut rumor side I would say you know we're kind of iffy on you know how much of the stuff we you know we should believe at this point uh but this was an actual like interview that was done on the red carpet so you know it's it's pretty legit here they caught up with him and they asked him you know are we going to see you as dick grayson you know you know are we actually going to make this a reality and lewis came back and he says you know i know chris mckay wants a martial artist right so you know that's out there uh he's following me on twitter uh there's a lot of good juju vibes out there for that nothing that i can say that is confirmed so he's kind of like he's implying that you know well you know he chris mckay does follow me but you know i can't confirm anything um he said this is a project that chris mckay is still developing he sat down with dc and some of the executives at dc and they're big fans i'm a big fan obviously and then he goes on to talk about uh how his father was in 1989's uh batman film and he says you know we're looking for the right thing of what he could do maybe with dc and he says that you know there were a lot of different talks and nightwing was one of those that were mentioned so we'll see so he was, you know, he did admit, you know, that the he actually did meet with the executives at D 
DC, which you know, of course he tweeted out a picture of it. So so that was uh, that was a little bit of information they kind of put out there. And he later kind of felt like he needed to clarify uh, once this you know interview became public. He says, "Hey guys," uh, on Twitter, he said, "Hey guys, I love all the support, but to clarify what I said in the interview, I met with DC, but not specifically for the Nightwing project. I love Nightwing, and if the chance came, I would love to show what I would do with the character." And so he still hashtag Nightwing. So basically, all you should really take from this is, you know, yes, Lewis Tan has been meeting with DC about something. And the fact that he originally had tagged uh, DC Universe, it kind of makes you think that it's going to be something associated with the streaming service. Like, I don't think there's anything here that would tell me that, you know, he's seriously doing, or or I don't think there's anything here telling me that he has actually been cast as Nightwing. No. Because it it doesn't even sound, if you kind of read between the lines about what he said, like, it, it sounds like he's hoping to get cast as Nightwing. Like, he's not being coy about it. Right. He, he, he's he's po- the power of positive thinking. Yeah, right, right. He, he's he's trying to get his name out there, which is, you know, get people like us talking about it. So who knows? I don't really know much about him as an actor. I, I don't even, I didn't even know he was in Iron Fist. Yeah. I just recognized him because I did recognize him as Shatterstar in uh, Deadpool 2. Yeah. Like, that is it. Yeah, that's it. So who knows? I I mean, when it comes down to it, I having a, somebody that's good martial artist would be awesome. But like, if, if they can't act, I don't really care about that side of it. So. All right. Okay, so news kind of broke this week uh, regarding Justice League and the release of Snyder Cut movement that we're going to talk about briefly right now um, because we have heard, and it's been confirmed because people are being interviewed, that Ben Fritz from the Wall Street Journal is apparently writing an article uh, that from all that we can gather is kind of a news story about this: what is the Snyder Cut or what is the release of Snyder Cut movement. Yeah. Uh, And we know this because... Uh, some scoopers had mentioned that something like this was going to happen, and then actual, um, very vocal voices in the release of Snyder Cut movement have already been interviewed. I know about, in the middle of this week, uh, Chris Wong uh, from uh, Ping Pong Flicks on YouTube was interviewed, and he talked about in one of his videos this week about what questions he was asked, and then before we started recording tonight, I saw Fiona uh, Fiona Zhang, uh, she tweeted out that she had just completed her interview uh for this Wall Street Journal article. And that's all we really know about the article factually, uh, except for, I think, Tim, you said that we've both heard that it, it the article is going to come out sometime, quote, before San Diego Comic-Con, whatever that means. Yeah, like it was kind of implied it was going to be shortly before San Diego Comic-Con. And, um, and we actually, there's a lot of stuff that we would want to say about all this. And there's, there's a lot of things that we, I, I guess we could say that we kind of know that we would have to talk around. We've been privy to. We've been privy to that if we were to do it here, we'd have to do an awful lot of talking around. And so we're just not going to do that. We're not going to do that on a news episode. We don't feel like that that kind of discussion fits as part of a news episode. Yeah. Uh, but we have already recorded it. Yes. Uh, uh, we recorded it. Uh, we recorded. It was more of a, a discussion uh, about the Snyder Cut, the movement, this Wall Street Journal article that really falls into the lines of more editorializing and less of reporting news and so we did not feel comfortable including it as part of this news episode especially since as Tim said we do a lot of talking around things yeah. because we can't be as we can't be as specific as we would like to be because it's not technically our information to share right um, but we do we do kind of like talk about some things that we haven't really talked about before but um, we still do we you know we do need to kind of talk around some of it but yeah 
Yeah, we had a lengthy, I mean, it was probably about an hour long discussion. So we're going to publish that as a Patreon exclusive episode uh, coming up this midweek. But just to say, everyone, uh, regardless of your thoughts of the Snyder Cut or the release of Snyder Cut movement, the Wall Street Journal is publishing something about it in the next week or so. So keep your heads up for that. I've already seen lots of people are already following Ben Fritz on Twitter, so they can be right there (laughs) whenever that thing drops. Yeah. we don't know what it's really about, but you can go and look, you know, certain people up on Twitter, like we said, Fiona and Chris Wong, and you can hear what questions they were asked. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think the only other thing we kind of say about this thing, uh, you know, Ben Fritz is not, uh, he's he's not like an entertainment blogger. Like he's an actual uh, entertainment journalist. He's a journalist. And, yeah. He's an actual journalist. For the Wall Street Journal. And you're going to get whatever we get from him. You're going to get something that's going to be, you know, as factual as we would want to get like he's going to be you know he's obviously got a story in mind and he's going to be interviewing Warner Brothers he's interviewing people from the release of Snyder Cut uh, movement Um, hopefully he actually gets um, some quotes in there from Zack Snyder we don't we we think we may know some of what's in this uh, but we're still a little bit uncertain exactly where this is going to go and since we spend about and we spend about an hour kind of just talking about what we think we may or may not know yeah it's a it's an interesting discussion between Tim and me that's all we got to say and we do talk about some things that we know with certainty as well. And so, um, like, yeah, so it's it's all another discussion. But the, the one last bit of advice I would kind of give you on this is like, yeah, this is going to be coming out. It's going to change the conversation, I would imagine. We don't know how it's going to change the conversation, but it's going to change the conversation. It's, it's going to change the conversation to some degree, and we just don't know which way that's going to go at this point. Now, I will say this, too. Um, as fans, and especially if you're fans of the Snyder Cut uh, movement and all that, I, I would just say you should go into this thing with a mindset and i would just i would say lower your expectations about what you think you may or may not hear out of this and just you know kind of expect maybe not the news that you're hoping to hear and and i'm not saying that because of like anything we may know it's that's not at all what i'm trying to say here you're you're just saying that for your own personal health hope for the best expect the worst yeah hope for (laughs) the best expect the worst that's that's basically my simple advice here uh i would i would not say like don't be expecting that we're going to say, you know, oh, there's a Snyder Cut. It's going to come out on this date. Uh, that may very well not be what happens at this point in this whole process. Or it may. We don't know. We don't That's know. That's the point. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, it, this is whatever is being worked out here between, you know, Warner Brothers and what they decide they want to do uh, with this other cut and how they want to manage it and if it'll ever see the light of day. They're, you know, basically it comes down to the studio. The studio is going to decide what they want to do with this. And if this is the first part of that process to maybe eventually get to where we as Zack Snyder fans would like to see this thing go. This first part of the process might be simply just an acknowledgement that yes, there is another cut out there, but maybe there's not plans at this point. We don't know. We don't know what this article is going to say. And if you want to hear more about what we have to say, <laughs> Tim will be publishing something on Patreon. Yes. Uh, can, can we get back to the news now? Yes, absolutely. Instead of us instead of us awkwardly trying to talk around something that we already spent an hour talking right. Around. And this is why we didn't do it because there is an awful lot of talking around that we yes. we were, that we did a whole heck of a lot less with in the Patreon episode. Yes. <laughs> okay. So getting back to a little bit of the Snyder cut stuff that's you know obviously been talked about an awful lot this week. There have been a couple pictures that have come out, and you know we've we've had a whole slew of them over the past seven months of uh, you know pictures of scenes that we never saw that didn't make it into theatrical cut. This is one where there was a picture put out there of Superman. 
again. And it looks to have... Not CGI face. Not CGI face. It looks to be a an image of Henry Cavill as Superman of something that Zack Snyder would have filmed. Now, this came from a source on Twitter, as far as I know. It came from at the Reinhardt. I have no idea who this person is. Which is kind of our point, is that like I don't know where this image is supposed to have been sourced from, so I just kind of go... Yeah, I think, that, I think that's pretty much how I take it. Like, I'm not, I'm not rattling my saber about this because I don't know if this is composited. I don't know where this is coming from. And at this point, anything that just gets randomly released on the internet, it's not like the scan line video that I was like, I know who that came from. Yeah. Because I was able to go to their website and look and watch the video. Right. There's no question there. This is, this is just kind of like, where did this come from? And so I'm just going to go hmm, pump the brakes. I'm just going to stay out of this discussion. Yeah. I, so we're only bringing it up because I know there's a lot of people commenting on it because this is supposedly the an image of you know Superman or at least Henry Cavill in a Superman costume from presumably the Snyder portion of the filming. I'm not convinced that that's what this is. So like I think I like the way you kind of worded it. Just pump the brakes on it. You know it is what it is. But that's all we really have to say on that. Okay. And just if you're interested, uh, Jay Oliva has been out there going to town again. Um, that man is not stopping. That's that's one thing I will say. Jay is not stopping when it comes to talking about what he does and does not know and whacking down anyone who is just saying something that Jay knows is just flagrantly wrong. Right. Yeah, he actually responded to, it was, uh, was this actually the Umberto Gonzalez posting saying that he had he had double-checked and that the Snyder Cut is not happening, basically per sources. And then somebody had reached out to, reached out to another blogger and said, hey, we need some professional insight. Well, Jay Oliva just actually jumped in. He says, look, it's clickbait. Anyone who says they have reliable sources usually have it wrong. Whenever I cite my sources, it's pretty much from the person who I'm talking about, whether it's Zack Snyder, Jeff Johns, Patty Jenkins, Ben Affleck, Taika Waititi. Is that how you say it? Yes, that is how you okay, say it. Thank you. Kevin Feige, etc. It's all firsthand. And then he says, I was referring to the cut that Zack Snyder screened for executives. I've seen the same kind of cut from Man of Steel, and it's practically the whole film done with some CG shots still in pre-rendered form. By the way, it's Oliva. Autocorrect always messes up my name. <laughs> like, well, this was, uh, I think this I think this might have been a second question, Scott. Well, it was, but it was basically just the same idea of, you know, you know, there, you know, what what was uh he was talking about the assembly cut and, and Jay was just clearing up like when he says that he saw a cut or he's talking about that there's a cut, this is the cut that I know because this is the cut that always happens. Yeah. Okay. So um and then also Christopher McQuarrie basically said they did everything to accommodate Justice League without negatively impacting Mission Impossible Fallout. So don't blame us for CGI face. <laughs> I know. I know. I always kind of crack up when people get really that upset. I mean, I think we jokingly got mad at them uh, one of our episodes, but... <laughs> yeah, because by the way, I've already bought my ticket for Mission Impossible Fallout. I'm so there for that movie. Yeah. So, you know... You want to see a non-CGI'd Henry Cavill? Is that what you're saying? I want to see Kingstash in all of its glory <laughs> in IMAX. I am ready for that puppy. Yeah. And then one last thing. Uh, we did get another behind-the-scenes video or a photo. Uh, this actually is one that... We've already seen. This is not a new image. Oh, is this brand this new? This image... I mean, this is this is not new? This is not new. It's being it's being shown... Okay, there's a picture of Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Flash. We have seen this picture before, but it's been touted around the internet today like it's a new image. We have seen this picture before. It was new to me. I, like, I hadn't seen it before. No, we... Seriously? 
Seriously? I don't think so. This isn't. I'm shaking my. You guys can't see me on microphone right now. I'm shaking. Well, my I'm head. cutting all this out, so it doesn't matter what you say. No. Oh, what? This is gold. This is recording gold. <laughs> no. What was the image that we saw? Was it just the green screen? But that looks like a practical set. What well, looks like it, but that's what I was like confused by this. Like it looks like some of the green screen pictures we've seen, but it's like okay, is that the difference? Ooh, that's an interesting. But when you said we've seen this before, are you talking about you've actually seen it with that set behind them? Now, now you have me doubting myself. I've seen those three actors in that exact same pose, though. Okay, okay. Well, that's why I was kind of like looking at this thing before. I'm like, oh, well, wait a minute. Is this just did somebody take that green screen and just add in this background and threw it out there to try to you know just have a little fun? It with. looks it looks like Star Labs, you know. But it, it it's a I mean if it's if it's like photoshopped, it's a pretty damn good job. I'll tell you that. It's a very good job. Yeah. So yeah. okay. Uh, okay. See, I told you there'd be good discussion there. <laughs> Why don't you ever believe me? I don't know. I still may cut it out, but no, don't. Do not cut it out, sir. <laughs> Do not give the fans what they want. <sighs> I don't know if they want this, to be honest with you. I, no, you don't want it. That's all that meant. That's That's just whatever. Um, miscellaneous movie announcement. I was kind of excited for this, but the Warner Archive Collection is releasing the 1984 Supergirl movie on Blu-ray. I'm, I'm kind of excited about this, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's not a great movie, but, it's a, but it has some sentimentality to it. But the cool thing for me, though, is that not only are you getting the international cut in HD on Blu-ray... The release is coming with it, with the rare, hard-to-find director's cut, which is an extended cut of Supergirl, on a bonus DVD that will be included in the packaging. Okay. So, hmm. I have heard about the director's cut. There was a limited edition DVD release back in the day, like THX Remastered kind of thing, that I had always seen the packaging for, but I never got. And so, apparently, now you're going to get it uh, along with this. I'm happy because, at least now that my entire Christmas Christopher Reeve era Superman collection will now all be on Blu-ray. That's okay. that's what makes me happy. So, I mean, I've just got it digitally. So, I wish with this Warner Archives, they would have like a digital edition as well. What do you mean? Well, that I can like uh, get it like say on iTunes or something like something that I can. You will. After after the, after the physical release gets released, it will be available digitally. Like when Mask of the Phantasm was released on Blu-ray, it became HD available on iTunes. Okay, but it's not, it doesn't come with this. It's like, it's not like you get like a. Uh... You don't get a code. No, when it comes to the Warner Archive, because the discs are manufactured on demand, it's not like that. You do have to go and buy. If you buy the Blu-ray, you'll have to buy the digital copy separately. But then what I just do is I wait for a sale. Yeah, but I mean, we ran into this when uh, the, what was it, the the TV cut or whatever it was, the the real extended cut of uh, uh, Superman the movie. What's that that cut called? Because like when Warner Archive. It's called the extended cut. The extended cut. Yeah, so when Warner put that out, it's, you know, there was no digital version of it. But then later on, we found out they just included it on, I think, the original, like a bonus feature on just the, the theatrical, theatrical, version. theatrical yeah. version of Superman yeah. the movie. Yes. But that was a problem because I didn't have the theatrical version. I had the extended or, or what I had the special special edition, edition version. God, this terminology. <laughs> it's got to be harmonized. Uh, so, yeah. So I had that one digitally, which didn't have that cut. So right. I then had to go buy the theatrical version of Superman the movie just to get that cut for our review. Well. 
Well, I actually do not own Supergirl uh, digitally because I've been waiting for because when I've seen it's only been available in standard definition, I was like, I ain't buying that. <laughs> so I've been waiting for it to eventually be released in HD, and I think it will be one, you know, after July 24th. So there we go. You are welcome, America, <laughs> and maybe the world, which I don't know. The world's getting kind of angry at DC right now because there's a lot of stuff that's not being available outside the U.S. <laughs> lately. Yeah, that is true. Um, I always hate it when we have to end the show on a little bit of a downer, but there's never really a great. But there's never really a great place to put these things. It's either start the show with it or end the show with it. We always do it at the end, too. Uh, we've No, we've started the show before with it a couple of Did times. Did we? Did we? It just feels like it feels like we always do it at kind of at the end. I'm like, oh, that's just not a great way to end an episode. No, it's not. But um, if you haven't, I'm, I'm sure by the time you're listening to this episode, you've heard. But the news dropped about, uh, about an hour and a half before we started recording. But comic book legend. Legend. Yep. I'm no, a leg, I mean, we do not, we do not, no. this is not hyperbole. He is a legend. Steve Ditko has passed away at the age of 90 as of Friday, uh, July 6th. Um, the New York Police Department confirmed his death to the Hollywood Reporter. No cause of death was announced, but he was found dead in his apartment uh, on, ooh, on June 29th. And it is believed that he had died about two days earlier. Oh, wow. So it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. We're just now finding out about it yeah wow uh, it always kind of makes me sad when you hear about these people that have died and it, it takes a couple days or more for people to realize it it just it just feels so sad i don't know so uh, it's like you know we i think you you even brought up like bill finger was the same way yeah. like he was gone for like several days before people were like where's bill yeah uh of course if if you're not aware steve ditko f- uh was an artist who famously at marvel comics with stan lee co-created Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Uh, many could say that he maybe did a little bit more. Like I think, I think Doctor Strange was even Steve Ditko's idea, uh, and uh, maybe even so, even so with Spider-Man, uh, which some of his um, disagreements with Stan Lee, similar to disagreements that Jack Kirby had with Stan Lee, led him to leave Marvel Comics, and then he went off to work with some independent comics and for DC. But if you want to talk about DC characters that Steve Ditko is responsible for either creating or co-creating uh, the creeper the question hawk and dove captain adam ted cord blue beetle nightshade starman and shade the changing man hmm, that's quite a list that's quite a list a lot of the charlatan characters that if he doesn't create them we don't get watchmen right because the question captain adam ted cord blue beetle and nightshade are all characters who have direct analogies in the watchmen yeah so the when I said legend, I meant legend when it came to Steve Ditko. Yeah. So no, I I, I still remember as a kid. I mean, very distinctive artistic style, and it mm. was just one of those that you like, you know, especially if you're any kind of connoisseur of art, especially comic book art. I mean, you recognize a Steve Ditko drawing immediately, and uh, it just there's a lot of charm to his his character designs and the facial expressions and the way he poses figures, and it's it's really sad. I but I I do I do have a lot of kind of fond memories of uh, especially like I still remember like some of the the charlatan comics with the uh, Ted Cord um the Blue Beetle like I had a bunch of those that I had gotten used at one time so I just remember kind of going back and I'm like I really kind of latched onto that art artistic style that art style and then to to find out oh this is the same guy that actually created Spider-Man it was just you know it, it was it's 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 just sad <laughs> it's, it's, I hate seeing these guys go and well it's just it's just a reminder
reminder that like there's an entire generation of the people who created all the stuff that we love and the reason we podcast who are either gone or going like yeah. it, it's 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 reaching that time yes and is. we're gonna start hearing even i mean we've already lost kirby we lost lynn ween we you know we lost bernie Wrights. i mean right it's getting to that point that all these names are going yeah yeah which is a wonderful note to, to end this show on so <laughs> sorry guys yeah but anyway um you know so i guess the last thing we would just say on it like you know thank you steve for all the the great memories you kind of gave us and all the great characters that you left us yeah oh, so many great characters yeah and his his legacy clearly is going to live on and on and on yeah so okay guys well that's it for this week's podcast um thank you so much for listening i mean it's once again we're we're still in that pre- we say it every week at this point but we're still in that pre-san Diego comic-con period uh but you know we try to give you a little bit more discussion to help yeah. you know make it worth it wild yep um yeah de- things will definitely be going a lot more hot and heavy once we get beyond comic-con uh so guys if you'd like to reach out to us please don't hesitate you can reach the show at suicide Squadcast on twitter and then on twitter as well you can reach me at alan fire hey, you can reach me individually at scott dc 27 on twitter and you can email the show at suicide squadcast at gmail.com we love interacting with the fans so please don't hesitate to reach out to us uh where you can also find us on vero facebook or at suicide squadcast.com which is our website for the entire network where you can find us the other hosts on all of the shows on the suicide squadcast network all right and then also uh for those of you already you know helping to contribute to the network uh we appreciate uh your support if you'd like to help support what we're doing and what we're doing with this network you can go to patreon.com slash squadcast media and there's all kinds of different tiers uh where you can help support and you, you get actually a bunch of added content so definitely well worth it uh we're going to be recording with our ongoing show where we're going back and reviewing all comic book movies of all time uh we're actually what we have coming up is spider-man sam raimi's spider-man from 19 or no 2002 yeah i know oh such memories and i can't be on that show Ugh. it hurts me so much but i can't make it uh but i'll be there for swamp thing yeah because you know we got this we got this we got the scott cut to watch the scott cut to watch yes yes uh i don't know how much we'll be able to talk about the scott cut but you know we'll talk about all of it it's patreon <laughs> it is patreon so anyway so that's something you guys got to look forward to so all right well that's it for this week guys uh, we want to thank all you guys for listening and we would encourage you to go out and keep reading some dc even if you have to work hard and go to several walmarts to find it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, this is it. Bye, guys. See ya. Okay, so yeah, I think we have plenty of this recording. Uh, the only thing I was going to say is like kind of early on, you know, when you're talking about the 100 page issues that are exclusive at Walmart, you kind of ran it on for about 10 minutes. So we may need to trim that down a little bit. No, no, Walmart deserved that. Walmart deserved every minute of what I did. Okay, so you can back the truck up because <laughs> if you don't, I might have to leave my own little surprise for Walmart in their little 100 page giant boxes. And what surprise would that be? Oh, you know what.